You're listening to Felony Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another riveting edition of Felony Inc. Podcast. Broadcasting, as always, live from my living room in beautiful, really, really warm Portland, Oregon. As always, I'm Felony Inc. Podcast in a society that houses the largest inmate population on Earth. Anything that can't be done to curb the recidivism rate is incredibly valuable. And that is exactly what me... And my spectacular co-host, Meg Thibodeau, attempts to do every week here, one week at a time, one Friday at 10 a.m. at a time, on Felony Inc. Podcast. Meg, how are you doing today? I am all right. How's it going there, Dick? I cannot complain. Can you not? You are doing good. Your attitude is so eternally positive. It's amazing. What is it that you're doing to stay so grounded? Because, you know, one could say times are weird. And the unrest is at the, I mean, I want to say the unrest is at an all-time high, but, you know, maybe it's just all-time high for our times. But, man, the fever pitch seems a little bit fevered. Yeah, it's getting more feverish, um, <laughs> which seemed, it seemed inevitable, you know. Uh, something has to give inevitably uh, when you put all these parameters together and, you know, the entire nation is on house arrest and, you know, people, uh, just the whole thing is kind of like, it makes you appreciate the little stuff, you know. Right now is the time where you really have to sit back and just enjoy the things that make you happy. Enjoy, you know, take a, take a little personal time, a little me time, a little daily meditation and therapy just to change your perspective on things. It's really easy to just kind of go down the rabbit hole in this day and age and, Start focusing on everything that's all the uncertainties and the, the nonsense and the craziness. And uh, it, I think even now, more than ever, it's important to kind of bring it back, focus and enjoy. appreciate the small stuff like spending time with friends, family, maybe a favorite How TV show. How are you show. spending times with friends and family? Are you Zooming here? Um, Have you expanded your infection pod? No, you know what's crazy is, um, well, obviously I stay with my girlfriend, so that helps. But um, I, I have only seen my mom once since this, uh, since the pandemic started. You know, she's a little um, concerned about. She 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 has a tendency to ruminate, and you know, every every other day if something's wrong, she thinks she has cancer or something. You know, along those lines. Um, almost to the point of a hypochondriac. So this is one of those things where she just really latches onto it and goes full force with it. So. I'm trying to get probably going. not alone out there, you know. This is oh, the, yeah. uh, invisible. The invisible threat can really play into uh, you know the minds of folks that are particularly sensitive to feeling like they're not safe in the world, and that's a yeah. large amount of folks. And the fact is, I mean, all you have to do is turn on the news and see that large, you know, huge populations of Americans are in fact not safe in this world. And, you know, that's, that can be really stressful. So there's gotta be a balance of how do we, 
you know, we're sitting here, we're alone at home, or we're with our, you know, family members or our infection pod, as they say. I've expanded mine just a little bit to add a couple people. Um, but that feeling of needing to be connected, I think it brings us to our screens because we are in a time where we have more connection than ever. And yet, getting on the phone, getting on the computer is a portal to a lot of really tough and repetitive information. Like really, you know, the videos that have been released lately of the violence on black folks, it's, you know, it's, it's traumatizing. It's extra traumatizing. And as a white woman, I find it traumatizing as a black person. I can't even begin to imagine how that parade of seeing black death across our screens affects people. So basically, if you guys are just joining us, Cos Marte is the owner of Combody.com, which is essentially a prison-style fitness boot camp that hires formerly incarcerated individuals to teach fitness classes, which invariably has been heavily impacted by COVID-19. Um, Cos served four years in Rockers Island for drug dealing, if that's correct, um, and went to prison incredibly out of shape and turned his life around, right? Yeah, I mean, I served... Uh, total of six years in prison um, with Rikers Island and moving uh, different uh, systems. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's my story. I lost 70 pounds in six months uh, working out in the prison yard, working out in my prison cell, uh, and then helped over 20 inmates. It was over 1,000 pounds combined. So I took that same training method with no equipment, all body weight, uh, which is perfectly suitable for people that live in small constrained spaces. Uh, just like we're we're living in now uh, to work out in, um, and and that's why it's you know suitable for people that that are home that just need to do like a bodyweight workout. You don't really need all these fancy equipments to get it in. I was thinking yeah. about that with you. There's there's nothing probably more useful in quarantine than you know knowing how to do a prison workout. We actually talk Dick and I talk about that all the time. It's just that skills and the uh, resourcefulness that inmates have learned in prison do come in handy during quarantine, you know, use what you've got. It's, it's, it's a life skill, you know, that when you're in prison you're sort of forced to learn because you don't have much. So the, the ingenuity of inmates can be outstanding. And I've done your workout. I've been to New York and I've yeah. been to your, to your gym and it is a, it's real. It is real. <laughs> workout is legit and um, totally using, you know, it's, it's creative. It's creative. It's legit. It works. I totally recommend it to anyone stuck at home right now to get online and sign up for your service. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's $9 a month. You can uh, do our on-demand workout videos, which are 10 to 20 minute workout videos. If you want to do like live stream, uh, see us, Real time, it's a 45-minute workout, um, no joke, no frills. Uh, we get real down and dirty and get it in, you know, make sure you don't cheat, you know, even even when you're at home. Uh, we, we try to get everybody to turn on their cameras on Zoom. I know there's people that uh, still are hiding themselves behind the, the screen, but, uh, but yeah, we, we get it in. And that's that's the whole point is that we don't want to water down our workouts um, and is and is is suitable for anybody, uh, any age. My mom is 65. She's she does this four times a week. Uh, she's a beast. But, um, you know, you do what you can. You try to keep up. 
you know, we set the pace high and, and, you, and that's what we do. How is your family, Koss? I know that, um, I know that you were, you know, an incredibly successful drug dealer, which was rough on them. Your prison time is rough on them. And you have turned your, your entrepreneurship into an incredibly successful business. I mean, watching you since I met you, what, like 10, 12 years ago at, uh, you know, the startup incubator to five ventures where you were is just phenomenal. I mean, I just haven't seen anything like it to see your tenacity and for you to turn this business. I mean, you're training celebrities, you're traveling the world. How is your relationship with your family? Like, how is that transformed for you? I mean, I think that was the number one uh, help that I got from Defy is they, they really helped me, um, you know, reconnect with my family. Um, I was in and out of jail since I was 13 all, all the way to 27. Uh, and so I was, I was, you know, told that I was probably going to go back in. Uh, my family didn't believe that I was going to come out and do the right thing. And, and my family members um, have been doing the right thing. My brother is, is you know, a local politician now in the, in the, in the downtown area of Manhattan. Um, my sister and my both my sisters work in finance and in, in a huge insurance company. So financially, um, they they've done well. You know, we we grew up poor, um, but I took that different route. You know, I grew up in a, a different area than them. They they were raised in the Dominican Republic. I was raised here, um, and and so it was a different culture, a different bring up for myself. But right now, you know, due to like the experience I went through the five ventures, um, you know, I, I feel like we've had a stronger bond than ever before. Um, you know, my, my brother, I help him doing a lot of prison advocate stuff, uh, especially now with the time, uh, we, we're hearing with George Floyd and, and all the and crazy unjust stuff that's going on today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it just seems like history repeating itself over and over again, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, just that stuff today, recently they had the uh, protest in, I think it was Manhattan in New York. I'm trying to kind of stay on top of all that, but so much news yep. is coming in really rapidly about that. Um, now, just out of curiosity, uh, you said you started kind of getting in trouble at 13, going to jail. Uh, listening to your previous two interviews, you never really got into much about your upbringing. Um, uh, we only got a couple minutes until the commercial break, but, uh, do you want to give us a quick, like synopsis of kind of like where you grew up, what it was like and yeah, my, kind of set you on that path? Absolutely. My mom, uh, immigrated from the Dominican Republic uh, when she was six months pregnant with me. She left my, my family behind with my dad and, and my, my grandparents. Uh, but she came over here, lived in my aunt's couch. We, she immigrated to the Lower East Side. Uh, in the 80s, which was a very drug-infested neighborhood. Uh, growing up, I would see, you know, drug lines coming out of my building. Um, and, and that's what I thought was was cool. I thought that's how I made money. That's how I, I was going to reach success. You know, I, as a kid, I would ask my mom for this and that. And her number one answer was that she couldn't afford it, you know. And, and, and that used to frustrate me. And so... I seen the guys on the corner, which some of them were my cousins, you know, with chains and the girls and the cars. And, and that's what I followed. You know, I, I saw that as a way of becoming rich. And, 
I started dealing and messing around with drugs at, at 11 to 13. Um, eventually, uh, you know, I got locked up for running one of the largest drug delivery services in New York City. Well, I mean, sounds like, you know, New York's extremely fast-paced. Obviously, it's really easy to get caught up in there when you're not able to afford the basic, you know, whatever you want as a kid or a young teenager. It's kind of an easy avenue to get, um, kind of just migrate towards and gravitate towards. So it's totally understandable. Uh, on that note, let's do a quick commercial break and get right back with, uh, part two of this interview. CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at CPA dudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Felony Inc. Podcast. Um, if you're just joining us again, our guest is Kaz Marte from Combody.com. Um, it's the third time he's been on the show. He's amazing regular. Uh, definitely recommend checking out episodes 8 and 74 if you haven't before. But uh, in the meantime, Kaz, uh, just out of curiosity, you said when you first started off and you finally, when Combody started taking off, you got a, a location uh, right underneath the Buddhist temple in New York. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, everything uh, started in the park. You know, when I first started, um, we were running classes there. Like, Well, I was doing it by myself, you know, two or three times a day uh, and trying to find and scramble any type of job. Uh, then eventually I started renting out these small little ballet studios. Uh, and then we, uh, raised uh, enough funds uh, to open up our first location, which was a, a basement of, you know, a Buddhist temple. Um, it was really hard to find a space because a lot of, a lot of people were denying us, um, spaces because of my background. Um, and I had to fill out and check out that box, you know, every time I went into an interview with a landlord, um, and it was just a, a, a difficult process, but, you know, thank God I had one, one individual that took a chance on me and, um, and, and we started it and it was on the same corner where I, I sold drugs at, which became, uh, it came into a revolving, uh, door. <laughs> Definitely interesting when things come full circle like that. I always love a story like that. Um, so just out of curiosity, you said that first, uh, when you finally first got a location in a basement, so it kind of looked like a, you decorated it to look like a prison. What did that entail? Uh, so a lot of people saw that I was building this fitness studio to look like a jail. Um, we had a mugshot wall. You take uh, three-minute showers. I had a prison gate on the wall uh, <laughs> before you go into the studio. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, this is way too gimmicky. I don't know about this, blah, blah, blah. My whole point about building a space like that was just I, I didn't want to hide anything. 
Um, I was tired of going to employers and, and asking for jobs and sometimes lying on my application about my criminal justice record um, because I wanted that job and then being denied because I had a record and I lied on the application. So I, every time I was just ashamed of sharing my background, sharing uh, who I, who, what I did and who I was, you know, um, and so this gave me the opportunity just to be free. And once we, we designed it like this, we opened it up, you know, this is like, this is who I am. If you don't respect it, you don't like it, then, you know, you don't have to come, you don't have to support us. Uh, but thank God we had um, a, a huge crowd, you know, that, that wanted to continue to support us. Um, plus it was a great marketing opportunity and branding opportunity to, to uh, have a mugshot wall and have people take their, their pictures there and share it on, on all social platforms. Yes, yeah, absolutely brilliant for social media. Uh, when you started doing that, what kind of marketing approaches did you take? I mean, did you have flyers? Did you stick strictly to social media? Was it word of mouth? It was, it was everything, everything I could do as a, as a one man team. Um, I was just handing out business cards, postcards, uh, making announcements on the trains, um, you know, I would sometimes take like a, a shared Uber pool, uh, you know, and, and that person will come in the car and that'll be a great time to pitch, you know, and, and I'll, I'll always begin like, Hey, you look like you work out. And, uh, and they'll be like, Oh, and then I'll be like, yeah, you, you know, I have this fitness studio and I'll just start a conversation from there. Um, and tell them the story about Combody. Uh, so it was, it was a, just a lot of word of mouth, a lot of pitching nonstop, you know, and I, I received a, a lot amount of uh, rejections of people, you know, tell me, I don't want to speak, get away from me, you know, but I just continue talking and keep pitching. And, and uh, until I got a couple yeses, you know, and that, and that started evolving today, we've trained over close to 30,000 people now. Your work ethic is so admirable. You're, tenacity, your ability just to keep hustling costs, where would you say you got that? Like, where did that come from? I mean, it started, it sounds like for you to be one of the biggest drug delivery services in the Lower East Side or in New York City, that's not a small feat in itself. But then for you to take your whole life, turn it around. I mean, the, you know, what you went through just going through Defy Ventures was hard work. I remember you working full-time at the Goodwill while getting your business going. And then now for years, the way you show up, I mean, for you to tell the story, you're that's brilliant to get into an Uber share. So you might meet someone new that would come to your gym. Like what, what is it? Can you pinpoint what your, where your motivation comes from, what your drive is, what kind of uh, ethos uh, you stick to, to keep yourself going? Uh, I, I think I got it from my mom, um, you know, just to see her just just keep showing up and keep delivering and uh, and not taking notes for an answer. Um, you know, I, I as a kid, I would, you know, be on the train with her sometimes and she would have like there was this uh, lotion company, uh, cosmetic company called Jafra. And she would just be stopping people, talking to people, pouring lotion on, on females' hands and rubbing it in and making them smell it. And, you know, it was just like uh, nonstop just asking. And I, and I felt like I also got it from the street. Um, you know, running the, the, the drug uh, business was uh, also another way of asking. Um, me and my partner back then, 
we stopped everybody that we thought that used drugs. Uh, we, we made business cards, um, and we kept pitching and pitching. And at that time, I think I was just like, so money hungry, uh, just to get money in the door. And, and I, I, I didn't start selling drugs and make a million dollars right away. Uh, I was sitting on a milk crate, you know, selling coke and crack on the corner. Uh, once the neighborhood started getting gentrified in the early 2000s, that's when I started, you know, dealing with people that had money uh, and, you know, increased my margins on on the product and uh, and started everybody that was, you know, helping me work work back then where business suit size. Uh, we started this whole delivery um, system across the tri-state area. Uh, and it became a 24-hour delivery service, and it was it was crazy. It, it boomed right away. Um, I mean, it, not right away, but it took a couple years where it, it went crazy. Uh, and by the age of 19, I was making $2 million a year. So I had the same mentality when I came home. I was like, you know, I, I showed up on a corner, sat on a milk crate day after day. I continuously delivered a great product back then. Um, and I, I felt like that's all I had to do you know, was to continuously show up day after day, day after day, continuously deliver a great product and everything was going to be all right. Everything was going to pop off eventually. Uh, and so that was my mindset. Um, I mean, there was, there was times, you know, there's always times that you feel like you want to give up and it's, it gets too hard. Um, but uh, uh, for me, it was a spiritual sense that, that kept me going. Um, you know, I always, I always uh, uh, prayed and um, and God always answered. You know, there was times where I, I had lost all my money throughout Combody um, and I had to pay payroll. And I didn't know how I was going to pay next week, but some a contract showed up and then I got to pay payroll, you know. Um, so there, there's situations like that, man, that you just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but just keep showing up and keep delivering and just have, and, and just trust the process. Um, and that, that was my mentality. What's your proudest moment, Cass? Uh, there, there's a, I don't know. I, I think, um, there's a lot of proud moments, you know, seeing, seeing my son, uh, you know, with the men's fitness magazine uh, that I was featured on. Uh, him, you know, taking it to school and showing his friends, um, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, there was a, one, a, a huge proud moment, which is not a huge success, uh, was when I just had, when I first got five people in the park, uh, cause it took me like a year of just showing up every single day, two or three times a day training there. They was showing up and nobody was showing up. Um, and I remember when I had five people and I was like, wow, I just like looked up to the sky and I was like, I, I, I made it. <laughs> you know, I got a group of people now um, that were coming consistent. But yeah, that there was, you know, there's a lot of proud moments, you know, winning business plan competitions, um, you know, now uh, Snapchat's one of our investors as well. Um, they've been extremely helpful on the back end. Um, it's been uh, it's been crazy, you know. Um, it's been a lot of up and downs, but uh, thank God I, I feel like I got more ups than downs. Do you have a uh, do you have a strong spiritual practice uh, that balances out your physical practice that keeps you going? I'm not like the most religious person, but I do pray. Um, I do meditate sometimes. Um, 
you know, and I, and I just believe I, I have a strong faith. I'm very, very optimistic. Um, a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy, uh, but I always look at the right, the positive out, outlooks in life. Uh, I feel like everything's going to work out no matter what. And I, I feel like I got that from my mom. Um, you know, just she's still working minimum wage, uh, you know, full time um, as an elderly lady. But she I feel like she's a, the product of success. You know, she works nine to five, but, you know has enough money to get herself any type of clothes that she wants, you know, takes a vacation every, you know, every once in a while, every couple of years, um, you know, and I feel like that's real success. You know, she cooks the best food uh, and, and has a, a long lasting, you know, comfortable life um, where she, she feels free within, you know, and I feel like that's, that's what I, I want to reach. I, that's, a, that's what I live by. You know, I try to live by every day of my life. They say, you know, if you can uh, live comfortably, you're already wealthy. That's pretty much the the measure of success. That's it. That's it. And that's how I feel. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. And satisfaction. You know, if you want what you have, you have everything you want. Exactly. I like that. So, that's it. Um, so basically, you start off in a little basement uh, prison style uh workout area underneath the Buddhist temple and then you expanded and then you got another location in London. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we, uh, currently partnered up with a hotel over there, um, and opened up, you know, took over the fitness, uh, studio space there and we started running classes there. Uh, right now everything's shut down, but, um, yeah, I mean, we still have that, that UK audience that is tuning into our live stream. You essentially franchised it out, same formula, same workouts, same vibe, uh, just across the pond, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we uh, came kept the same uh, you know mission. Um, our mission is to hire as many people coming out of the prison system as possible to teach fitness classes, uh, and so that's what we did. I partnered up with a nonprofit organization. It was it was not easy to go across the pond and, and, you know, start remarketing myself. But I I did the same thing when I got there, I started getting the postcards in the streets, you know, stopping people, a lot of females wearing yoga pants uh, and just kept pitching and pitching and nonstop, you know, and and I feel like that's what needs to be done. Um, uh, But it was also uh, an opportunity that I received um, uh, from uh, a pitch that I did a long time ago uh, over here. And it was a, a huge hotel owner, um, in the UK area. He has about like 10 hotels over there. He hit me up and he's like, look, it, once I open up this, this space, I want, I want you to take it over. And I said, yeah. And he called me two, two years later and it was like, you ready? And I was like, let's do it. You know, we got to down to the contract and, and make things happen. Um, I also uh, had an advantage to go over there. My, my sister lives out there. Uh, her husband uh, works uh, at a nonprofit, helping people coming out of the prison system out there find jobs and and get uh, employment training. Um, so that was that was a great opportunity to bring you know my family back together from uh, across the pond. You notice any differences between the uh, prison system out there versus here? Like anything that you, is difficult for you to you know? Is there anything that doesn't translate the same? Uh. 
there's there's a lot of lot of similarities. I feel like there's more racial uh, diversity here, though. Um, it's you know they do target a lot of Muslims that are out there, and there's a lot of you know Arabic people out there. Uh, but um, you know, people, you don't feel the racist as much. You know, when you go into uh, when I say, for example, you go into a store in Harrods, which is like um Saxon Avenue over here. Uh nobody's asking you like, you know, following you around the store. You know what I mean? They re- treat you with respect like, you know, uh <laughs> like a rap money, you know, type of deal. Um, but over here you just feel uncomfortable in certain situations. You know, I I've I've been in in huge ballrooms where, you know, it's ninety nine percent white and I'm the only, you know, person of color there. And and you feel awkward, you know. Um, I've been stopped by cops and searched. Um, I don't know how many. Uh, I can't even count hundreds of times. Um, so it, it, and you don't feel that over there. So uh, it's it's a weird feeling to just walk around more comfortably in your own skin and be respected for who you are. Um, but the the system is the system out there. You know, they they do have a lot of people that are poor in the system. Um, and I think is more of a classified separation out there. Yeah, they definitely have a stronger, uh, more sort of obvious class system in the UK than they do here. But that sounds, I mean, that's a really profound experience that, you know, we just continue to eliminate how our American prison system is so deeply racist. And... That's really interesting, you know, for you to recount having that experience. I mean, we all know it to be true, but um, being able to hear it compared to other countries. I mean, I've seen a couple of documentaries about UK prisons, and while I'm sure that they're incredibly problematic, they do seem to be a little more bent on rehabilitation than American prisons, which are more about punishment and profit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um but I believe it's, it's still, you know, uh, all, all these judicial systems need to be changed. Um, I feel like the mentality of uh, mainstream media needs to bring forth um, how we view formerly incarcerated people. Uh, a lot of people, you know, see us as, you know, ex-killers and they just think the worst of the worst, you know, because we have like these lockdown shows on A&E portraying people, um, banging on cells, you know, stabbing people. And they just show like the worst part of prison. Uh, and don't really show that individual who's really just trying to do their time and get home to their family, you know, um, or the pre story, like you're talking about, there's so much, it makes so much sense that a young boy struggling with poverty on the Lower East side in the eighties, is going to look at the guys on the corner with the chains and the girls and the cars and the power and see that as a success story and follow it. You know, that is yeah. just really human nature. It makes sense. It's it's somebody making the best of their available choices, right? Not everybody has the same set of choices. And there's a great stigma around, well, you made poor choices. And I don't know, the way I see it, you made pretty pretty solid choices based on what was available to you, what was in your paradigm, what was in your neighborhood, and you did what, you know, you actually did quite well with it. And so it's, 
you know, it's a, a piece that a lot of people I don't think really grasp, particularly people with more privilege, why anyone would make the choice to be a drug dealer out of all the other choices. There are definitely worlds where that choice is the most attractive of the options. Yeah, and I think we need a we need to share these stories to those individuals and retrain their mentality of how they view us. You know, so I, I, I hope we could get to you know not only speak to the, the the crowd that supports supports us, but the people that we need this to be heard. Um, and I'm, I've been uh, shooting a documentary with uh, a famous uh, Academy Award director. Um, she's been she's been following me for six years now. Um, shooting when I got out of prison, um, starting the company, uh, all the struggles and all the stuff that I had to face, um, all the advocacy work, advocacy work that we've been doing. Um, you know, so it, that I hope will reach the, those individuals as well. Oh my God. I can't wait. When's it coming out? Uh, so it, she's, she's splitting into like a five docu-series, uh, piece. Um, cause it, we have like over 300 hours of footage, uh, and, uh, she's, she's planning to, to display it next year. Um, I don't know if she's going to put a portion of it on Sundance. Um, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, she's talking to people on Netflix. Um, but yeah, let's, I'm just hoping to see it, to see it out. If anyone's story is going to inspire people to understand, it would be yours, Cause That is really amazing. I'm so glad that's happening. Thank you. Thank you. So, Cause, um, you said before that you like have volunteers uh, helping out in the gym. Now, let's say if someone's listening to the show right now is interested, maybe is doing some time or has done some time, is interested in working for you or helping you. Um, what's what, what do you look for when it comes to potential volunteers for Combody? Yeah, um, I mean they're not volunteers; they're employees. Uh, and yeah, they do. Employees. They do get. They do get paid. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I look at, at somebody that's gonna just show up and deliver, and and I don't care if you have all the skill sets. Um, I feel like anybody could learn uh, anything. You just got to put some time into it and and actually learn it. Um, but I just I just need people that I could trust. You know, somebody that I know that. It's going to show up at 5.30 in the morning, you know, open up that door, make sure everything's clean, you know, greet people the correct way, you know, once they come in at 5.45, you know, like, uh, uh, and then I, I don't have to be there. You know what I mean? Like, there's been situations where, you know, there, there has been situations where I have to, like, run out of my apartment, you know, and cover a fitness class because somebody's stuck on the train or, or you know, situations happen, Um but yeah, I mean, I want to I want to hire that person that I could trust that's going to be reliable and that's going to show up and deliver a great product. And and that's what I look for. Um, we we don't just hire people straight out the door. We actually have them go through a whole process. Uh, we partner up with different nonprofit organizations uh, to help us through that process. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you like check people's background or, you know, just, you know, they have some kind of reputation or something like that that helped. But um. Just out of curiosity, if people want to invest in the combody, I know you have investors, you've had investors. Uh, what would be the process in doing so? Uh, they could, if they want to invest in, and look for us, uh, they could just email us at info at combody.com. That's I-N-F-O at combody.com. And we'll get back to you with a pitch deck financial model uh, we're raising around right now. So uh, if anybody wants to invest in, in uh, check us out, 
um, just hit us up and we can start a conversation. Thank you. Nice. So about like yeah, six, seven months ago, you trained over 25,000 people. Right now, you trained over 30,000 people. Um, what do you see kind of body in the future? Where would you like to see it? Uh, so I want to I want to be like another Peloton model. Um, obviously, we don't have a two thousand dollar bike. Uh, we're we're selling Combody like high pack, high impact yoga mats right now. Uh, but I wanna I wanna be that virtual model um, because I feel like I could reach a, a larger audience with that, and I could create a, a larger impact with individuals that come into our, our platform to train. Um, Right now, we've we've been training people from China to Russia to Australia to all over Europe. Um, it's it's been a, a crazy amount of support of people reaching out to us and and making things happen. Um, but that is where I want to take it. I want to also open up more fitness studios around the country. Uh, our plan before COVID was to franchise. We've had over seventy franchise requests. We were working on the model, you know, pushing that forward, but. You know, as as things went on, we have to we have to pivot uh, and figure things out. Um, and so that that's the that's the plan. Uh, that's what I want. That's where I want to be um, right now. Peloton is a billion dollar company, and I feel like we have a deeper story. We have you know something that we could offer that's not being offered. A great workout, um, and and I I feel like we could resonate with people even more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so basically, combody.com is the website. Uh, you know, the thing I like about it is essentially even with studio or without studio, I feel like combody kind of takes you, uh, you know, Peloton's got the bike and everything like that, but combody has the mentality that, you know, no matter how small the space, whether you have a small studio apartment on the lower east side of Manhattan or, you know, a big house, you can still get the same quality workout regardless as long as you have the information, the knowledge, and uh, you're motivated to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It feels like this quarantine, like you said in the beginning of this show, is actually something that might be really helpful in expanding your business, you know, that being able to offer live classes like the Peloton model, being able to get out there and be, you know, people don't need the $2,000 bike. Like this could actually be a real boost for your business. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a blessing, uh, you know, that during this quarantine to figure, and also it's been a, a pause for us where we could step back and like, you know, create a plan of action to now pivot the business into a different direction and really see the growth on it. Um, uh, I, I we've been not doing like the uh, most amazing company, but we've been doing really pretty well. Um, and it's been, you know, due to, well, due to this incident. That's also due to you, Koss. I mean, you're, you know, you're somebody who seems like you get right down to business. Something happens and that optimism that you were talking about, that tenacity you got from your mom allows you just to be able to say, okay, you know, here we're, faced with a set of problems, how can we find the most elegant solution? And to be able to do that over and over without really losing hope or giving up, that's super impressive. And I'm just curious, you know, for our listeners, folks that, you know, we have folks listening that have experience with the justice system and folks that listen because these stories of transformation are so important. You know, if we can do this, 
you know, folks that have a better set of or a higher level set of options should be able to do it, right? So or do you have any kind of words of wisdom or things you could inspire our audience with from your personal experience? I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I just trust the process, you know, um, just continuously show up and deliver. And, and that's that's the model I, I show up with. Um, there are things that get really difficult that could get very frustrating uh, throughout that process. Um, but if you just show that tenacity, um, everything's going to work out no matter what. Um, and I feel like I'm a, a great example of that. Um, you know, and when, and when things get hard, you know, I feel like I, I always turn to the serenity prayer. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference And that helps me, you know, get through difficult times myself. Um, and, and that's, and that's hopefully the, the message that I, I leave out there, you know. That's beautiful. That's one of yeah. my favorite prayers too. That one is a real, that's been a, since I was in prison years ago, that one has been a constant. Yep. Yeah. So, Cause you know, now this is your third time on the show. Uh, I can honestly say I love having you on the show, even though it's the first time doing it with me and Meg. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to have you back and uh, make you one of the, the main regulars of Tony Podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Uh, I hope everything's going good. I hope you're handling everything good with the pandemic and such. I know it's difficult on the gyms just being in any kind of business right now. I know me and Meg are both significantly impacted, as I'm sure you are as well. But uh, it yeah. seems like you're uh, in good spirits still. Nah, thank you. And thank you for uh, for the opportunity to share, share with you, with you all. Thanks for walking the planet with us, Koss. We're really, it's, <laughs> it's so important for folks like you to be out there telling your story and inspiring people. I mean, for all of us, like you said earlier, and what we're trying to do here at Felony Inc. is uplift the voices of people that are not ordinarily heard and share these stories of transformation so that we can really create an environment where everyone is a human being, right? No one is a throwaway. No one deserves to be thrown away in this society. Everybody has the opportunity to contribute. And I just think you're doing it so, so beautifully. And your, you know, your, your kids are really lucky to have, your son is really lucky to have you. I'm certain he'll be a great success as well. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mike. And hopefully I see you. It's so nice to talk to you again. Can't wait to come back to New York when the pandemic's over and, and do your workout, run across the Brooklyn Bridge with you. Absolutely. I'll I'll just do it live stream now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. Yeah, no problem, man. Once again, uh, this is Kaz Marte from combody.com. And, you know, as always, it's great to hear inspirational stories of people getting out of prison, making something themselves. But here's a, here's a concept. Here's a business that's actually enriching and benefiting the lives of other people on top of enriching and benefiting the lives of the person conducting the business. So Kaz, can't wait to have you again on the show. And for me and Meg signing out, you can catch us here every Friday at 10 a.m. at StartupRadioNetwork.com. This is Tony and Podcast signing out, and we'll see you next week. All right. Awesome. Take care. Thank you. You too. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you can easily control how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. 
Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Felony Inc. sent you and get $150 credit. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.